Welcome to Real Financial Planning, broadcast on WKXL and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Matt Robus, and I'm joined as always by Mike Morton from Morton Financial Advice and the host of Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs, a great podcast if you're into that kind of thing. And I hope you are, because that's why we're doing this show. Mike, how are you? Good, man. Only if you like that kind of stuff. Hopefully you do, because here you are. If that's what you're into. (laughs) Yeah, we just finished recording a show where we had a listener question asking, what is the value of a financial advisor anyway? And I love the way you started it, which is like, for a lot of people, there's no value. I don't, that's fine. That's cool. I just, I love the credibility that comes with people saying, yeah, you don't need to spend money on this. It happens to be my line of business. (laughs) Maybe it's not for you. I'm going to grab some credibility with our listeners by saying, yeah, maybe this isn't for you. Although today I have to say, this is another one of these topics that you and I do from time to time. That's kind of about financial planning. It's really not. It's really more about your broader thing, which is helping people with overall kind of logistics, life management, the whole big picture. And you wanted to talk about the value of something. I don't know. It's a very, it's a very, I want to, I want you to say it because it, this is, it's interesting. Yeah. It's not the way I thought about this. This came up, to be honest, this came up from a couple of clients that I'm working with and I just love the way they said it. So we have a process that I work with my clients to try to figure out what's most important to you because only by knowing what's most important in your life, do we know how to plan for it? So only if we understand what is most important next year, this month or next year and next five years, can we then make a plan to accomplish more of that thing? And these people sitting across me said, you know, I just want more unhurried time. And I just love the way that was phrased unhurried time for them. It was to spend with their family and with each other and with the kids and doing things, creating memories. But it was just this idea of unhurried time that really struck me. And so I thought we could spend a little bit on today's episode talking about what that means and then also how to get more of it. And I don't know, all kinds of stuff around having more unhurried time in your life. First of all, we did an episode on putting down your phones and (laughs) managing your time better. And we had said that the only totally non-renewable resource in the universe is time. And honestly, who cares about saving money? Who cares? What's it for? It's basically all about giving yourself the ability to do what you want when you want it. I mean, like, why do people want to be wealthy? It's so that they're not forced to do stuff that they don't want to do. And so that they don't need to feel compelled. I mean, I guess in an odd way, this is the undercurrent that is underneath everything you do. Yeah. And this one's in particular, I think I thought it was cool, the word unhurried as part of this, which really put it in a different context for me. But I totally 100% agree with you, Matt. It's all about time. And when you start really thinking about it, and when you start thinking about these bigger questions, hey, what is it I want more of in my life? What is it I really value? It's all about where are you going to spend your time? You know, you Mm -hmm. only have so much time and it's never about the money. The money is there. I say this to everybody. I've said it a number of times in this podcast. Money is there to power the life you want to live. You might have enough today. Look at the way that you want to live and then look at your pile of money. Maybe it's enough to live the way that you want to live. And defining that the way that you want to live is really important because you get in this rat race. We all know about, I'm trying to get wealthy. I'm trying to get wealthy. I'm trying to get wealthy. But oftentimes the expenses ramp up with the income. And so you never quite get there. Oh, just another couple of years. And then you end up getting that bonus 
and then you buy a really nice car. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's just a couple more years. And so knowing both sides of this equation, knowing that what's important is the time aspect, how you want to spend it. And today, really thinking about that unhurried aspect of time. Yeah, it's a better way of thinking about it because I have a universal law to propose that I'm sure someone else who's like a philosophy type has come <laughs> up with in, in better phrasing. But the way I put it is capacity always gets filled. There's a story, if you've ever read The Power Broker about the construction of New York and Robert Moses, who literally planned and built everything, all of the infrastructure of New York City. And he wanted to expand, I think it was the Long Island Expressway because it was always clogged with traffic. And he said, look, if we go from three lanes to four lanes, 33% more capacity, what happened? They spent so much money, so much time. They expanded from three lanes to four lanes, gridlocked traffic. New York listeners, you know what I'm talking about. Why? Because capacity always gets filled. You have that capacity and it's like, well, now I'm more likely to want to take the highway. I'm more likely to think I'm going to drive instead of taking transit or whatever it is. I think it's the same thing with your money and your time. It's if you've got the capacity, you're going to find a way to fill it. And so, yeah, you could build up more wealth. Look, I want to do that too. I can't get myself yeah. out of that mindset, but it is important to ask what for, because you are going to fill it. You're going to find ways to spend more, get fancier stuff, whatever it is. And yeah. are you getting ahead with what you right. really want? Well, I guess let's, you know, let's talk about that in terms of the time aspect. Because as you were speaking, what I was thinking is, I'm looking at, in fact, here on my screen is like my calendar sitting right behind your video. And right. the right, everyone's got the calendar. And what do we do? Like the capacity. Oh, we're not doing anything on the Saturday. What should we do? And what you start like do? filling it in. You're filling in how to spend your time. You're filling up that capacity. Oh, I've got a free day. I've got a free hour. What am I going to do? And in our phone podcast episode, it was like, I'm standing in line waiting to pay for my groceries. I have five minutes. What am I going to do? Pull I can read phone. three tweets. <laughs> I can read, read three tweets in this five minutes. What am I going to do? I got to yeah. fill that capacity. So today's episode is actually, it was great the way you just said that because it's about not filling the time. It's about looking at the calendar or looking at that five minutes in line. This is what we said last time. And don't fill the time. Just or, stand there. Look or, around. Yeah. Or if there's such a big difference by unhurried, like you have a definition. What's your definition? Because I've got a bit of one. Maybe we should contrast here. What do you mean by unhurried time? Yeah. So unhurried time to me means that you have no definitive outcome as part of that time. I don't want to say goal because there's a goal for this unhurried time, but you don't have a priori what you expect the outcome to be. See, I have a slight twist on that, which mm. is I think of it as time where there's nothing compelling you mm -hmm. to do a specific thing. To me, it's a huge difference. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe people don't vibe with this, but this is what I hated about being in school. I hated knowing that I had yes. assignments due. I yeah. knew that somewhere between now and Friday, I had to hand in a paper. And so I was under a compulsion. Look, I don't know if you're like this with your spouse. Maybe, maybe this will resonate for people out there. But the simplest way 
to this might go sideways, Matt. Be careful. <laughs> yeah, my, my spouse, who's wonderful, does listen to this. So I, I got to right. be careful here. But I think the quickest way to make someone less likely to want to do something is to make them feel compelled. And so it's the difference between you need to do the dishes right now, honey. Actually, my wife never says that to me, versus when you choose to. That's a, right. it's just, it's a big mental difference. So to yeah. me, the aspect of having time where you're not under duress, that's the big difference. Yeah. To me, kind of drawing a distinction, I guess, you know, the way I'm defining it is not simply slower time, not like unhurried kind of slower time or not compelled. It's really having no set desired state at the end of it. It's going in knowing I'm not even sure what I'm doing in this time. I'm not yeah. sure what I'm going to do. I just know that I want to have time that is open-ended, that's relaxed, that doesn't have anything associated with it in terms of having that compulsion to do something or to finish something or to have some desire to state at the outcome. All right. Personal question for you. When was the last time you can remember having that and what did you do with it? Yeah, it's a really good question. And the last time I can remember having it. Not recently. And interesting. Yeah, exactly. Ah, yeah. yeah. So I'm not the expert at this. Like, oh, here's what I've been doing for months. <laughs> like, here's why it's so great. But I do think just like that attention episode, why is this important? Because I want you to just think about your calendar, your next day or this upcoming weekend or something like that. And think, what if I had two hours of a block of time where just there was nothing to do? Okay. Nothing I had to do. It's Saturday morning from eight to 10. Or it's Friday afternoon from one to three. How does that feel? Yeah. It's, to me, it feels like, ooh, that sounds pretty exciting. Like I'm starting to feel very energetic, feel like, what will I do? Not what will I do in terms of, oh, I can pick something, but how will I spend that time that you know, I go into without a desired outcome? Will I get with the kids ahead of time and say, hey, we've got Saturday all morning and we'll just wake up and do whatever? Or am I going to go, I don't even know what I'm going to do, but just knowing it's there. I want to clarify something. I don't think, I don't think you're advocating sitting around doing nothing. I think see, what bridges your definition of my definition to me is the idea of, I don't want to feel compelled and you don't want to have a specific outcome in mind going into it, but you might find one. And that's yeah. really the thing. So I had, I'm just reaching back. Well, let me pause for oh, a sec, oh, because yeah. I do want to say, like, I mentioned the word goal, and I think there is a goal for this time. You can have goals for this time. The goal can be to create memories with my kids. I don't know what we're going to do exactly or how we're going to do it, but that could be a goal of mine to create some memories, or it could just be to be present. It could be to rejuvenate yourself. I know I need two hours with nothing to do because I know that later in the day, I have lots of activity and I will have way more energy. So it could be create energy. It could be in your business to be creative. Having that space, we know this from research, having the space in between trying to solve problems, not specifically thinking about them, is when your subconscious will solve them. So creating unhurried time and space to be able to do that. So you could have goals for this time and you will, at the end of it, like you just said, there'll be definitely outcomes and you'll get stuff done or do things or have stuff happen. But it's just that idea of creating chunks that you don't have a specific, like I'm doing this at this time. Yeah. Look, I'll answer my own question. I remember about a week and a half ago, there was a weekend day where the kids were occupied. The kids were busy. And I was like, this is great. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to intentionally not read news. It's a Sunday. I'm reading a book. And 
That was fantastic. There really is something to it. But here's the problem, of course, is do you have to, this is going to see, this is going to be so ironic, but do you have to like intentionally create your own spontaneity? Yeah, it, of course. Okay. How do we, how do you do this? Oh, I love more unhurried time. What do, what do I do? <laughs> My calendar is like totally full. I think that is the best way of going about this is actually scheduling it because it's like everything else we talk about in the show. I don't know a way of making sure something is going to happen. You know, if it's something that's important to me that I really want to do, that I want to accomplish, or I want to set some time aside without planning it. We've said a number of times, it's all about planning. What do you want to have more of in your life? How do you want to spend your money, your energy, your time? You come up with ideas and you write them down, then you have to plan it. When are you going to do those things? How are you going to do those things? Who's going to be with you? Who's going to help you accomplish those things? And so in all of this, I do think the best way of creating unhurried time is actually to plan it. Now, it doesn't have to be, I'm not saying have an itinerary and all that. Sometimes that might make sense. Hey, look, we want to go do this thing. We're going to go to the beach. You know, that's the plan. And then we're just going to be there all day. So that could be unhurried time. Like you show up there and then I don't know what you're going to do. You know, sometimes on the beach, sometimes in the water, sometimes doing this or whatever it is. So that could be, you know, where you do need specific planning, but others could just be throw it in the calendar. Hey, on Friday afternoon, I'm blocking out my time, leaving the office at two and dinner's not till six or whatever it is. So you know that you've scheduled that time because like you said before, Matt, capacity will get filled. If there's nothing on your calendar, trust me, you're going to be doing something and it may not be what you want to be doing. Yeah. First of all, the entire approach of having rigorously scheduled spontaneity was actually invented in America by German settlers in 1945. And I do like the idea here, which is I actually do this quite frequently. I have a to-do list that's in the background. It's long. There's a lot of stuff on it. And if I block off a segment in my afternoon, if I have the ability to do that, Again, we're not talking about doing nothing. We're talking about doing things where for me, it's I'm not compelled. It's like an opportunity to get to my list. There's so much on it. Like right now, I've got outdoor seat cushions that I need to dye because we want them to be a different color. All right. If I say I've got to do that at such and such a time, it's going to feel like I'm being compelled. If I block off an hour and then I get to choose, that's one of the things on my list. I've got some financial planning, I've got to edit this show that I just recorded with Mike, then I'll get through those things, but I'll feel better about it. I think that's that sort of thing. Or maybe, you know, maybe my kids will be around and I'll say, all right, I'm going to blow all that off and we'll do something. I, I want to bring up the kids mm-hmm. aspect of this for just a second, because one thing that I think you're pretty good at is letting your kids be bored. There's such a value to boredom that we don't appreciate as parents. Nowadays, we do so much snowplow parenting, helicopter parenting, I don't know, pick a machine. Like you do try to remove all obstacles and pre-curate every experience your kid's gonna have. And there is, there's literature about this. There's, there is real value to having a moment where your kids say they don't know what to do. And you say, huh, that's a real dilemma. What are you gonna do about that? And it is amazing. If you just kind of leave it there after like 10 or 15 minutes, they will find an activity and it's probably a lot better than what you would have come up with. Yeah, that's right. Because what I come up with is, oh, there's some dishes over here that need doing. So are you bored? I got something for you. <laughs> so that's usually <laughs> the answer. And then they run off and find their own thing to do a lot faster than 10 or 15 minutes. 
But I think there is, and what you're saying too, you know, like that having that time and then figuring out, oh, this list and what should I do? Or am I just going to blow that off and go do something else enjoyable or read a book or spend time with the kids? I think we need more of that in our lives in general, given our hurried pace and trying to always get more done all the time. I think we just totally undervalue how much energy and positivity it brings us to be present in the moment with that unhurried time. And so to not have the list and the stuff to do, but just simply sit back and say, what do I really need right now? Maybe what you need is a nap. And maybe what you need is to roll around outside with the dog or the kids or to do something. So I think by having that time and then filling it with how you're feeling, what you really need to rejuvenate, to get back to doing all the things that are part of your life is just really underappreciated, undervalued. And we should spend more effort making it part of our lives. Notwithstanding my quip about fascists, what I take away from this is, first of all, yes, you do need to schedule that. We're all busy. Don't feel bad about that. Grab a chunk of time. Number two, don't feel bad about having a to-do list in the background. That's yeah. fine. That's cool. Yeah. Just the idea here is, you know, you get some agency. You get to decide a little bit. Yes. And the third thing is maybe you have a pile of dishes. You could offer that for your kids. Or if you're Mike Morton, you could have your wife call me and say, hey, Matt, do those dishes. You can fob <laughs> exactly. off the honeydew list onto your friends. That seems like a great way to go too. All right, Mike Morton, I think we've got a wrap here because people have just dissipated a solid 20 minutes with us. So for Mike Morton, I'm Matt Robeson. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for joining us on Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to and rate the podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me at LinkedIn or MortonFinancialAdvice.com. I'd love to get your feedback. If you have a comment or question, please email me at financialplanningpod at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered for investment advice. Opinions expressed as are of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. We do not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the data presented here.